Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Omniverse Podcast. This week's story is called Reflections. And it takes place in the same universe, if you will, as the Grim Reader stories and as a story that you'll be hearing later this year called Whole Card. This universe, the, the town of Lumiere, uh, was part of a shared universe that I wrote in with uh, some writers at a website called chud.com and uh, the Lumiere brothers were the ones that invented uh, the motion picture as we know it today and so it seemed only fitting for uh, a writer's group a shared universe that sprung from this site about movies to be named after them this is actually one of those stories that I haven't put out anywhere yet. So you guys are getting a, I guess, a previously unpublished in any way, shape, or form story. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun to write, um, and it's it's a little melancholy, but uh, but I really enjoyed writing it, and I really enjoyed the reading that you'll hear today. the uh, The voice for today's story is Keith Murray. Keith is a uh, voiceover uh, professional, and I was glad to give him one of his first opportunities to do some story work. So, if you want to check out more from Keith, you can go to kdmurray.net and you can check out what he's got going over there. Before we get into today's story, I just want to say you want to make sure to check out. 52.scottroche.com for my ongoing efforts to give away 52 books this year. I've always got new books going up every week, so uh, so whenever you are hearing this, make sure to check it out. Also, if you're listening to this uh, during the month of August, uh, as I hope some of you will, you definitely want to go over to Kickstarter and check out a Kickstarter that's going on by Matt Selznick. Uh, he is writing a sequel, if the Kickstarter is successful, to his book Brave Men Run, and I really hope he's successful because I happen to be a big fan, so I'm going to put a link in the show notes to that Kickstarter, and I hope you'll go and check it out. I also hope you'll go and check out uh, what we've got going on over at Flying Island Press, uh, flyingislandpress.com. So, with all that out of the way, uh, enjoy the story, and we'll see you next time. Joe sat in barren grounds, Lumiere's premier coffee roaster and cafe, and stared at the reflection in his mocha java. Why do I stay here? Year in and year out I'm here, despite the fact that I resolved to leave every year about this time. His faraway gaze switched to the fitful snow outside the cozy shop's windows. He continued to mutter to himself, not an uncommon thing among the patrons of this odd little place. I mean, I do like my job, but I could write just about anywhere. The ghostly reflection of a young man in the window glass startled him out of his reverie. He turned around and looked at the lanky, straight-backed youth. The almost man wore a denim jacket covered in road dust over a baggy university sweatshirt. The once blue jacket had been used as a drawing board for all manner of anti-war graffiti and anti-capitalism sloganeering, still as popular on the campus as now as it had been when Joe was his age. The hems of his baggy blue jeans scraped the ground and covered battered chucks. A huge cobalt watch cap covered his tangled ashen locks, 
completing the ensemble. He clutched a cup of steaming brew in his hands. Mind if I sit with you, sir? Joe surveyed the otherwise vacant restaurant and shrugged. Certainly not. Have a seat. How you stay warm out there, I'll never know. His own heavy cable-knit sweater and parka barely kept the wind at bay. The obligatory plaid driving cap, seen only on men of a certain age, served the warming duty his own blonde hair would have in years gone by. It must be twenty degrees. Just the thought of the temperature and the wind-driven snow chilled him. Made of stern stuff, I guess. I'm a farm boy. A winning smile graced his clear features. Home for Christmas? Yes, sir, and I can't wait to get home. Papa's going to pick me up soon. I got the bus here from school, and it doesn't get out to the sticks. And well, I know. I grew up around here, and things were no different back then. He drank deeply, the coffee infusing him with warmth. An easy laugh broke the smile wide open. They can't handle the roads. Pop's old Ford can make it okay, but it's about beat to death. The farm did well this year, and he said he might get a new one. My dad was a farmer around here, too. What's your name, son? Joseph, sir. The two shook hands. Well, Joseph, do you have big plans for the holiday? Yep, my grands and all my aunts and cousins will be here. There should be around twenty people or so, all told. Joe looked surprised. My, I didn't realize family still got so big. I come from a large family, too. I remember the holidays with all the food and laughs, singing by the fire, roasting chestnuts, all those Rockwellian things no one does anymore. My family sure does them. We always have. Tradition's real important to us. The only thing I don't like about them is my pop's expectations. He thinks I should become a farmer like him. He shuddered a bit. What do you want to do? I'm going to move to Hollywood and write screenplays. Sounds pretty hokey, huh? Joe shook his head quickly. No, not at all. I write myself. Anything I might have read? Not likely. I do mass market mystery novels for old ladies. But it's a good living. At least you're getting paid for it. That's better than most do. True enough, and as I was just saying to myself, I can do it from anywhere. Joseph looked out the window and slugged down the last of his coffee. The old man's here. Gotta run. It was great talking to you. He set his cup down and got up to go. Good to meet you, young man. Good luck in your writing. He turned to look for the old Ford and was momentarily puzzled when he saw no vehicle in the street. He turned back and saw that the young man and his cup were both missing. Then he remembered where he lived. It wasn't the first apparition he'd met, but it was the first one he knew. I guess I figured out family was more important than Hollywood. But Joe's family was all gone now. His wife had passed away years ago, and his kids never called anymore. So why am I still in this ghost town? Excuse me, sir. Joe looked to his right and saw a tow-headed boy of no more than ten years. His painfully red winter coat and hat practically lit up the room. May I sit here? And you will be visited by three spirits. Sure, my boy, have a seat. He put a mug of hot chocolate on the table and shed his winter skin. Thanks. It's nice to get really warm. He drank deep from the scalding sweetness. You on winter break from school? Sorta. The snow's so thick they close school for the day. Break starts tomorrow anyway. Me and Bobby Johnson sledded here from school. He wants to go to the five and dime. Me? I wanted a hot drink. What's your name, son? Everyone calls me JJ, on account of I'm a junior. Oh, that would make you Joe Scottsboro's boy. A gap-toothed grin came back. Yes, sir. You know my pa? I've met him, sure. 
It's been a long time since we spoke, though. You boys get into any mischief being out on a snow day? No mischief, sir, but we did see something interesting. What was that? We saw a white wolf in the woods on the way over here. Well, that's not too unusual. We do have our share of wolves round here, and I'm sure there's at least one white one. The boy's eyes squinted knowingly. How many we got walks on its hind legs? Joe remembered the day well. The smell of wet woolens and fresh snow filled his head. He could almost hear the powdery crunch of two boys slogging through the snow, pulling a sled behind them. It was the day his path as a writer had been set. Not many, I hope. Me neither. It was standing over a dead deer and just ripping the thing's guts out. There was red snow all around. Bobby almost peed his britches. I was scared too, but I read lots of comics and stuff, so it didn't bother me too much. How did you evade being caught by the thing? Pa and I go hunting all the time, so I know about staying downwind of things. But that meant we could smell everything, and it was about as nasty as helping clean the outhouse. The boy pulled a sour face. We watched it for a little while, and then it heard a howl in the distance. We heard it too, and I almost peed my pants. Scariest thing ever. It howled back and took off. We's lucky not to get killed. Yes, you were. Sounds like you and your little friend had quite an adventure. Yes, sir, we did. It was a real ripper. I'm going to write it down so I'll never forget. That's a wonderful idea. Maybe you'll be a writer someday. Maybe. A writer or a spaceman. Well, I have to go meet Bobby. Thanks for sharing your table, mister. The boy faded to nothingness as he left the chair. He had indeed stayed in Lumiere in part because he doubted any other place would have quite the range of unusual things this town did. Joe occasionally used his experience to enhance his scribblings. Most were too fantastic to pass off even as fiction. Of course, his career now floated in a sea of mediocrity. His old stuff filled the bargain bins at grungy retail outlets. He hadn't published anything in recent memory. So neither family nor career could answer the question he continued to ponder. This is why so many people commit suicide at Christmas time. Too much thinking time on their hands. You look like you could use some help, pal. He looked up and it was like looking into a mirror. This apparition of himself couldn't have been from all that long ago. He was dressed in the same casual fashion Joe had adopted out of the habits of a bachelor late in life. I sure could. Why am I here? Well, I'll tell you why. You love this town. It's like a crazy uncle. You don't like to admit it to people outside the family, but you love it. It's dangerous and creepy, but endearing nonetheless. You never know whether it's going to slap you or kiss you, and it's that excitement that keeps most people here. You've made a lot of great memories here. Those memories are so vivid, and this town loves you so much, it plays them back to you. True enough, I do love this place in a truly bizarre and dysfunctional way. So now that I know I'm staying here out of a true love for this town, will you spooks be gone? Not quite. You see, there's another reason you're here. What's that? His brow furrowed. You're a ghost, too. You died a few years ago after Leah passed away. It was loneliness, really. Well, that plus the scotch and sleeping pills. But I guess you loved the old place so much you couldn't leave. But I don't want to leave. It's safe here. I know. But remember the things you love more, the things those two boys tried to tell you about. Your love for your family and for the strange and wonderful is better than your love for this town. Let's go.
He reached out his hand, and the hand of a ten-year-old boy took it as they faded out together. When the Hezrin invaded our solar system, we were defenseless against them, but at our darkest hour came our salvation, the Titans. Using nanotechnology that turned ordinary soldiers into super-powered warriors, the Titans repelled the alien invaders and vowed to chase them across the galaxy until the Hezrin were destroyed. That was a hundred years ago. Now the Titans have returned, but instead of coming home as conquering heroes, they've been infected by a virus that's driven them insane and compelled them to destroy everything they've fought so long and hard to protect. Standing between them and humanity's destruction are a scholar, her son, and the only Titan able to resist the infection. Will they find a way to save humanity from its own greatest weapon? Haywire is a science fiction novel written by Justin R. McCumber and published by Grivenwood Press. It's available in print and ebook from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Smashwords, and the Apple iBookstore. The audiobook, narrated by Veronica Jaguer, is available from audible.com. You can learn more about the author at his website, justinmcumber.com. <laughs> <laughs>